Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, it's another week of Cinematics. This is episode 207. Eric Holmes, can you believe I actually said this is episode 207 of Find Your Film? What did you think of, of my faux pas? Bruce, by, oh yeah, Bruce is going to put on his headphones in a second. What do you think, Eric Holmes? Uh, no one heard it because you did a restart. Oh, I, I did, oh, I did a restart, but I'm just, I'm, oh yeah, Cinematics. Bruce, I don't know if Bruce Perkins can actually hear me right now as as I'm actually uh, speaking on the mic, but Bruce Perky, I made a big faux pas when I said, find your film instead of cinematics. Can you, am I getting senile in my, my old age? I just turned 52 <laughs> about a couple of days ago. What do you think? Was that uh, like- looking forward to the wonder of, of grayness and the hair and the, the <laughs> age. Sure. We here. can just keep having this episode over and over again and not even know we had it. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> this is not episode- find your film. Two oh seven again, <laughs> right? Exactly. Episode two oh seven. Not again. Episode two hundred seven of Cinematics. Find your film does exist. It is our interview arm of this whole Cinematics universe. Speaking of that arm, yes, Eric's been pointing to his arm the uh, like about uh, ten minutes ago regarding our Patreon bonus. We did a Patreon bonus on on filmmaker Christian Petzold, our Patreon member, Kristen. Wanted us to do a review of a couple of, of his movies. So we covered Phoenix. We covered Undine, or I, as Eric likes to put it, Undina, because that's, that's how they pronounce Undine in the movie. And of course, Transit, a movie that's very confusing, but I loved it. But if you want to check out our profile on Christian Petzold, hit us up over at, over on Patreon, which with a catch all $5 per month. But I was mentioning find your film. We do a lot of interviews there. A lot of those interviews have been done this week by Eric Holmes. Eric, what can you give people a preview as to what to expect on findyourfilms.com and our, and our podcast regarding the interviews that were smashed, basically smashed you against a wall on Monday? Oh, that, actually, it wasn't bad. Did uh interview with the producers of A Million Miles Away, of which we will talk about. Got to uh, talk with the uh, director, Kevin Abrams, uh, about Marisol. I got to talk to him again because... I talked to him uh, in March about I Got a Monster, his documentary. We will see if his uh, narrative feature is as good as his uh, documentary. Spoiler alert. Spoiler it alert. And, <laughs> spoiler, it is. And so, Sorry, Eric. And spoiler and then, alert. Eric Holmes, can you mention the triple feature that you would pair Marisol with? What are the two other movies you had told listeners to watch Marisol and what two other movies? Do you remember in the interview? Oh, it was... Uh, Oh, crap. It was uh, Maria Full of Grace and Killing of Two Lovers. That's that's one answer. The other answer, which you, you, you said that in the interview, the other answer is, if you want to watch Kevin Abrams' movies, Marisol, which Bruce and Eric will be reviewing in a few moments, it's now available on VOD, again, directed by Kevin Abrams. Watch Marisol. Watch I Got a Monster, but maybe there might be a movie you might want to see between both movies, Eric, and why? Oh, <laughs> uh, Legend of Billie Jean. Yes, Legend of yes. Billie Jean. And that's referenced in the <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> with, with Kevin Abrams. So, yeah, some really good stuff to watch um, regarding Mar- uh, Marisol and the filmmaker Kevin Abrams. We're going to be doing that a million miles away. And do you have any other interviews did, that you Yeah, did? I did. Also did one uh, with the writer-director of My Last Best Friend, Filippo Prandi, and Eric Roberts. And that that was a pretty interesting interview as well. Not so high on that movie, but we'll we'll get into that. But uh, the, all three interviews went great. And yeah, well, and now we're here. 
and now we're here. And very, very quickly, I, I don't know if I'm going to put all of these interviews this week, but at least this Friday or Saturday on Sunday on on uh, Find Your Film podcast, Canary. There's a documentary we'll we'll also be covering, centering on the life of Dr. Lonnie Thompson. I interviewed Dan- Danny O'Malley and Alex Rivest, I believe. They are very interesting filmmakers, and we're going to get to that review as well. And I, a lot of interviews this week, Eric and I did. What's it like to actually have a life, Bruce? Because you, you, are we just to, to, uh, me and Eric? Are we just a bunch of nerds trying trying to talk to people with our microphone? Or, and are you the smarter one for actually trying not doing this and actually living your life? Which I I envy because you you're you're the more responsible out of us two. We're, we're just uh, nerd nerdy interviewers. I'm pretty nerdy. I just don't get to the interviews, but uh, <laughs> I envy you sometimes. But no, there's good and bad in both sides. But I mean, today I was out walking in the woods and looking at walking sticks and, you know, like walking stick bugs and things like that. So well, I had an idea, too. There's uh, The movie I watched, it was a different movie. Uh, it was about a quarry worker who uh, digs in the quarry all day long and he, and he has a dinosaur that he falls in love with. And it's called Undino. Undino, very good. I'm going to bring out that rim shot that I have from Epidemic Sound just for that. Very, very good. Well, we have, let's get to it. We have a lot of movies. A Million Miles Away, Marisol, The Outlaw Johnny Black, Canary, a lot of stuff. Before we get to it, I just wanted to really reiterate a couple of very quickly. Eric's been doing a little bit yeoman's work on findyourfilmpodcast.com. What can our Find Your Film and Cinematics listeners expect from that website, which you've been working on that merch yes site. uh we got a bunch of merch coming and going coming and going uh two of the pieces of merch coming are uh if you look behind me if you're seeing we have a bucket of blood uh script poster so what i do is go what i'm doing with these are taking uh movies that are in the public domain uh right now we have a bucket of blood in metropolis but i'll i'll see when i find the script and then take a old poster and then if you look close, I got one that I did for I Am Legend. Um, mm. This is not up on the merch store because I Am Legend is not in the public domain, unfortunately. But if you can look up close, it's got a picture, but then oh. it's got the it it it's got it's got the entire script. So if you look up close, you could read it. Not the preferred way to read a script, but it looks good on the wall. And oh, so that's we got cool. We got one up now for a bucket of blood in Metropolis, and that'll probably be up for maybe a couple weeks or a month, and then I'll take that down. And I got a couple other ones that I made that once I take those down, I'll put new ones up. So they're up for a limited time only for you to look at on the merch store, not buy, but then look at the new ones that's <laughs> come up as well. And I also requested that Eric re put up a couple of our find your film shirts because I told him, Eric, I'm going to actually buy a find your film shirt for myself because I really love that black shirt that Eric worked on. So find your film podcast.com to see some of the merch stuff, some really great. And of course we have the shower curtains. We don't have the horse drawn carts, but the shower curtains are still there. And that's a call back to our find your film days. Yes, Eric. And we also have a uh, cinema dicks pickleball set. Oh, <laughs> ask me if i know how to play pickleball oh, i, I mean yeah. if you got dicks you gotta have balls that's what i right. very good that, that that should be our mantra bruce perky that should be our mantra oh before we get to our features lastly bonus episode for september i, I mentioned already christian petzold which is in right now I, i'll be working on editing this week but our bonus episode for september are two films this is the first time eric and bruce are hearing it first one is my pick is buffalo 66 and one of our patreon members requested like hey i forgot who it was and i apologize the patreon app is not up right now so on that patreon member mentioned a movie that i kind of said hey let's do it so buffalo 66 is my pick the second pick is going to be 
I believe Myron, a fellow uh, Patreon member, he picked Dark City, and there was no no one else. I was uh, probably, you know, I think Peter Beta threw threw down some uh, recommendations as well. But I think Dark City and Buffalo '66 are our movies for the month. Bruce, your Rorschach initial take on Buffalo '66 and Dark City. Are you happy about it? You're reaching for something, or are you I'm just reaching, reaching for something? I think <laughs> I have somewhere in here. Hang on, hang oh, on. I'll oh, put it. Heads don't don't do that. Bruce is is going to injure himself, Eric. To, tell, yeah, mess. tell tell tell. Uh, this is a little bit of audio spackle for you. Spackle. Oh, audio by spackle. the way, Greg, yes, it was yes. uh, Abby Schmidt that uh, recommended the Buffalo '66, which, by the way, not a bad recommendation because it's been a while since I've seen it. Thank you, Abby Schmidt, and Cloverfield and Dark City double feature. What the f kind of double feature is that? I don't know, but I picked it up for a few bucks uh, like a year ago, and I thought, oh, it's, what an excuse to watch Dark City! Yay! Oh, wait, you have seen Dark City, right? Yeah, it was a long time. Oh, it's been both a long time. of them. I haven't seen both of them probably when they came out, and that's the last time. Okay, and Eric, you're okay with Buffalo sixty? You said Buffalo sixty six is a good selection from Abby Schmidt. Thank you for that, and. What do you think of uh, Myron's uh, selection of Dark City? You're, you're cool with that? Because you, you mentioned Metropolis, so I'm sure you're, it's right up your alley. You're, so you're like- I, 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 love the, I love the Crow. The, uh, Alex, Alex Price. Price. Alex Pro- yeah. Price, yeah. I, I love the Crow mostly due to Brandon Lee because Brandon Lee is the best. Was the best. Is, was the best. Still is. Why the hell not? Dark City is one. So I seen that a long time ago. That one didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. So did it'll be good to kind of go back to that and see if uh, see if maybe I like a little better this time around. I, I know Dark City is like one of those that people love, and kind of similar to uh, oh, what's that uh, one with uh, Russell Crowe? LA Confidential. Uh, no, when he's on the sea, the uh, nice guys. Oh, Master and Commander. Master Commander. Okay, Master, Master and Commander. First time I saw that movie, I hated it, and so many people were talking about how great it was. I was like, I must have missed something. And then I put it on again. I was like. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. I just missed out, so okay. I'm hoping that uh, Dark City is kind of one of those sort of deals, but oh. we'll see. Okay, so listeners, join us on our Cinematics Patreon again. We have director spotlights for members, member only director spotlights or movie spotlights for members only, and we have every month we have that bonus episode. This month we're going to be doing Buffalo '66 and Dark City, spotlighting the year. 1998 the year however for this episode is the year 2023 we are going to be covering our movies right now let's start off with a movie called marisol just so i can actually stop speaking it's now available on vod it's reviewed by eric and bruce um hi i was hoping to confirm my college admission interview tomorrow name marisol rivera what is this you did it? <laughs> oh my god, congratulations, Mia. She won this grant, Jaime. Oh my god, there's a party at the lot tonight. We gotta go, celebrate your money. And what about my tia? Just tell her you're starting late at my place. Fine. Does Marisol Rivera live here? Marisol, what is this about? I'm Officer Hector Ramirez. There was an incident at a party she attended. This guy bothering you? Look, we're fine. Just go. Mr. Brooks. You apprehended her? No. I'm gonna press charges. What the hell was that all about, Jaime? It's ain't my fault, Mom. Oh, it's not your fault? Where is she? Marisol? Are you okay, Mari? I'm illegal. Tengo un amigo. He can help. When you get to the next stop, you'll get new instructions. Stop. No, no, no. I have my interview tomorrow. I think I should go back. Mari, no! 
You've got money, your phone. It's going to be okay. So where do you go from here, Marisol? What's your plan? Somebody call an ambulance! Someone help me! Marisol, let me help you. Please, let me help you. Eric, why don't you take it away regarding the plot synopsis of Marisol? So Marisol, she's a undocumented immigrant, but she doesn't know that she is. And so she goes to school and there's this uh, little kid and I don't remember what his character's name is. And I cannot find him on the IMDb. Justin? But- I think it's Justin. Is it Justin? You're talking okay. about the, 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 the not great kid? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so anyway... He's kind of an a-hole. He's kind of nagging her a bit. And then, uh, oh, I'm just joking. And then he's trying to kind of, he seems to be, have some sort of attracted to her. And then she's not interested because he was a dick to her pretty early on. Then they go to a uh, party. The kid's there. Marisol shows up kind of begrudgingly because she's like trying to do the school stuff, but whatever. And her friend talks her into going and she goes there and a thing happens. Fireworks end up happening. And then a Marisol moves one of the, the Roman candles around, ends up starting a fire. It was a complete accident. Before that happens, the a-hole kid tries to stand up for Marisol and she's like, just back off. And he's like, I'm trying to help you. It's like the nice guy, not being a nice guy that, you know, that sort of thing. And so he gets angry at her. And then he starts going on these uh, websites of like uh, illegal immigrants coming into America and taking our gerbs and whatnot. He basically kind of F's over Marisol's entire family by kind of reporting that and starting a whole issue. Uh, What Marisol doesn't know, we know that she's an undocumented immigrant. She doesn't. She was an undocumented immigrant when she was like what, like six months old or something, and her family never told her about it. So she's kind of got to go. She goes to, a, a, I believe they call them coyotes. I'm not sure what, but she goes to someone that's trying to relocate her, kind of underground railroad kind of situation, while Ice is trying to track her down. And while she's gone, they're causing problems for her entire family. And the a-hole kid is not helping. Yeah. When I say this has kind of elements of killing two lovers, killing two lovers, that is more of the uh, kind of the the tone and the the pace and look of this movie is kind of similar to that. The Maria Full of Grace is someone you're rooting for in a situation that they really don't want to be in. And so you're rooting for them. This is a fantastic movie by Kevin Abrams, who also did I Got a Monster watch the documentary i got a monster and written by clara guayo yeah this is a great movie and you should watch it the esmeralda camargo who played marisol is absolutely dynamite in this uh the kid that plays the a-hole also dynamite because i just wanted to choke the living crap out of him the entire time so you figure if like you get a character that's uh that's that like sniveling and evil you just want to choke the crap out of him. I'm guessing he's not that way in real life. So I, I have to assume that he's also great in this. Yeah, we can't talk about the end. I, I suppose we could, but the in well, I know Bruce for 
for sure wants to talk about the end. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie. Very suspenseful, especially in a certain part where one of the places uh, that Marisol ends up gets raided is probably one of one of the best action scenes that's it's not an action scene you think of as an action scene but it's uh pretty well done the this movie is really great all around and uh i'd like to get your thoughts on it i'm in the bag for this (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah i quite like this movie too i i would say i was a little colder on it at the beginning partly because at the beginning, I thought it was going to be a little more a little more stereotypical than it ended up being. Because the beginning, it started out, and I was like, okay, this Justin guy is a little bit too much of a twirling mustache kind of dude. But then as I thought about it, I was like, he's like your classic incel dude, really. You know, yeah. He really likes the girl. He doesn't have any clue on how to approach a woman in a, in a healthy, normal way. So, of course, when she logically is like, hey, dude, back off, he reacts in the most outward way opposite to that and really just goes down a dark hole and he's not even aware of what he's doing as bad as he's doing it although he is he's got that 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 troll energy too where it's like he even talks at one point he even acts at one point i'm not gonna say what he does exactly but he acts at one point like he's playing a video game not even thinking about the fact that these are actual people in actual lives that he's affecting and what he's actually doing and i think to that degree it's similar to what some of these shooters that you hear about you know, and how they're so embroiled in this online like life that they kind of lose track of the reality of humanity. But I think the real strength of this movie, two things. The real strength is once she hits the road, there's kind of this dual story going on. And it's this, her story meeting people she doesn't know who are trying to help her get to, away and kind of just how that plays out and see her mom and stuff. She's trying to see her mom. There's a bunch of stuff she's trying to do. It becomes kind of a road movie and it's a real nice, subtle drama during that whole period with that underlying threat of what's happening to her family and what might happen to her. And at the same time, we're following this kid go into a darker and darker hole uh, of, of just making life worse and worse for everyone around him, including himself and just kind of hating him, but also seeing that in a sense, he's a tragic figure too, because he's just so misguided and so not even self-aware of what's going on with himself. But I think the best thing about this movie, the thing that really turned me, I mean, I, I was okay with it throughout, but the final third and especially the finale of this movie on how it plays out for all of the characters, especially for Justin, how it plays out for Marisol. I'll just leave it at that really surprised me and was really impactful. And I think was very, very good the way it ended. One of the things I loved, loved about the, the a-hole kid was uh, typically that kind of behavior that he has is learned by the parents. Yeah. But they made it very clear that the dad is not that way at all. Yep. And, and so this is stuff that he's learned because he's, he, he's, yeah. uh, you know, in, embarrassed or whatever. Incel was actually probably na- nailed it on the head. That, that was the word I was looking for that I can kind of pull in. But this is stuff he's learning from online. It, it was really refreshing to see that kind of dynamic of, especially when the dad finds out what his son's doing and why his son's doing it. He's just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so disappointed. And I, I yeah. cannot believe that I, I raised this kind of son. And the final little bow I would put on it is that they could have played out the Justin character as just a f- pure cartoon, but they 
they kind of kept going with his character more than they had to. And I really appreciated that, even though you still pretty much hate him throughout that they, they, they show some humanity there by the end. And similarly, they could have made all of the agents, all of the police, ice people, ice people, you know what I mean? Ice agents, all of them could have just been as stereotypical as possible too. And that wasn't the case either. So there's a lot more complexity kind of on all sides of this movie than it had to have. And I think that's much appreciated in a movie like this. Okay. So that is Marisol now available on DVD and not on DVD, now available on VOD. I apologize for that. Directed by Kevin Abrams. Marisol, what is your rating, Eric, on it? Probably a five-star for me, but much like Killing Two Lovers and Maria Full of Grace, I love those movies, and I love this movie for the exact same reasons, you know, similar similar tone, similar feeling uh, watching it. There's just some uh, stuff in this that happens, character stuff that happens that you don't normally see in movies like this, so yeah, you gotta go five. Okay, Bruce? I'd probably go four stars. I was a little cooler on the first third, but it really pulled it around in the second two thirds of this movie. So I'll go four stars for this. Okay. So that is Marisol again, now available on VOD. Next up is a movie called Canary. It's specifically a documentary on Dr. Lonnie Thompson. He is described in the movie as sort of a Clark Kent, Indiana Jones figure. And you're thinking a doctor being like Indy, what is this about? Well, He's devoted his life as a glaciologist to travel the world specifically. I mean, especially Peru. Peru is very front and center in this documentary. He goes to the highest mountains to inspect various glaciers to spotlight uh, different ice core readings. He takes ice core. He drills into the glaciers with with a team, of course, takes out as much ice cores as possible to bring it back to wherever his lab or whatever for, for research because with global warming, you never know if these ice cores will be available. These ice cores, obviously, they they map out the history of our world existence. Dr. Lonnie Thompson, again, has made a lifelong, it's been a lifelong passion for him to go to these different areas of the world to take extract this very important ice cores from the earth. And you might think, oh, is this a preachy global warming kind of situation? Though there are moments which, understandably, they talk about climate change, it's really a focus on the different areas that Dr. Lonnie Thompson visits, the toll it's taken on his family, the various life challenges he had along the way. He's not a spring chicken anymore. He is a senior, and it's pretty inspiring to, to see him actually go out and visit some of these areas and still do what he's doing today. That is the premise of Canary. It is in select theaters Friday, September 15th with one night theatrical engagements starting on Wednesday, September 20th. Eric Holmes, your thoughts on Canary? Canary started off uh, pretty good um, because I I, I knew a little bit about ice cores, but they really drove home about like how dire that is and how quickly you have to move with that because as the glaciers melt, uh, the history begins uh, disappearing. So the the science of it was really good. And then they repeated it and then they repeated it again. I'm like, okay, I get that. Okay, let, let, let's move past this. I got it. I think where this movie shines the best, and I don't think this is the, it's definitely the fault of the filmmakers for putting it in. I don't know that they could have predicted that this would happen. This would be like an example of life imitating art where the, uh, to, uh, Lonnie, Lonnie, yeah, Lonnie the main Thompson. guy, 
Yeah, Dr. Lonnie Thompson. He gets, he's goes to the hospital for a, a heart thing and he's dying and he's not listening to the science to his own detriment. And what's the one thing he complains about as far as global warming? People don't listen to their to the science to their detriment. I, I thought that was great that they kind of drove home that um, he's like, look, this is what's happening. You know, the, the we got global warming. Uh, you, you know, eventually, if humans don't listen to the science, they're going to pay the price. And then he doesn't quite understand why people won't listen. And then he himself has his own thing where the scientists are saying, your heart's failing. You need a heart transplant. If you don't, you will die. And it's like, uh, maybe they're wrong. It was like that. There was a, uh, what, what, what's the word? The, uh, divide. There's a divide. Between disconnect, maybe. Disconnect, disconnect. Yeah. The hi- hypocrisy. That, there, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. And so I love that they put that in there that the, that the one person is preaching a thing and then they don't take their own advice when it, when it hits home, uh, with the, with their own personal lives. And I, I thought that I thought that was a great thing to put in the documentary because it not only, uh, you know, because we've all heard the thing about global warming, but this thing that's personal to him, it drives home because it's like, it's like, why wouldn't you listen to the, why wouldn't you listen to the science? But I think people can relate to, I have to do this. I can't listen to the doctors. It drives home the idea of uh, why don't you listen to the science? It's so clear. We've all had issues where the answer is right there in front of us and we choose not to listen to it for reasons that are don't really make sense and and the the issue with global warming is just a global scale of that kind of uh personal thought that we all may have or may or may not have had from time to time bruce did you think that maybe they could have said it a little bit more succinctly. This documentary did it repeat itself a little bit too much for you, you two? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, this is one of those documentaries that's really hard for me to judge too, because I always, I always, when I watch these, I always wonder, like, well, how does this play for someone who knows nothing about it, or how does it play for someone who is a total non-believer, or how does it play for someone who doesn't really have scientific background or interest? So I think it, it really varies depending on those kind of like what you bring to the table, I guess. So maybe for someone who comes to the table and doesn't have really any belief in science or maybe not much background in any kind of scientific interest, then it would probably be good to kind of really kind of follow it step by step the way they do. But for me, I could imagine it being, you know, cut by 20, 30 minutes and really being a perfectly tight uh, documentary. Uh, and I, I kind of was like with exactly with Eric, there's a point where you're kind of like, okay, well now <laughs> where, where are we going now? We got this. And then when they bring in the stuff about his health and all that, that really kind of brought things back around. I, I kind of, I love the fact that he's older because one thing that does do is it kind of is like, Oh, canary in a coal mine, right? That's the, the, the comparison. They talk about his coal mining heritage, which is really interesting and a nice tie in with uh, the fossil fuels and how that's basically caused all of this. But the idea that, you know, if he's the canary in the coal mine, well, this is the canary in a coal mine where it's like, it's instead of dying when the gas comes into the coal mine, it says to all the miners, hey, miners, you're going to die soon. You, you better get out of the mine. And all the miners are like, yeah, no problem. Let's keep, we'll keep mining. And the, the canary just stays with them the whole time and is dying of old age and still yelling at them. <laughs> hey, hey, the, the, the ass is still here. It's getting worse. Ah, shut up, canary. Go ahead and just die. So it's kind of interesting that he isn't this, what's, I forget her name, um, the, the real famous activist. She was a girl and now she's a woman. 
mm. in Scandinavia, and she's, you know, devil child of the right, right? But no, this is some dude who's been doing this and talking about it for 40 years. 40 years, yeah, like 40 that. years, yeah. You know? So it's this is not, this is this is a dude that's been there. He's He's marched his way up and down these mountains for 40 years. He is just saying the same thing for 40 years. And that alone should tell you something, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so, it uh, should have a little more, little more impact than, you know, the, the young kid that just thinks they know it all and is trying to tell me an older person what's going on, you know? So I, I kind of like that aspect of it. Greta Thunberg. Yes. That's what I was okay. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a very interesting look at his life. I, I was really uh, pretty much bowled over at, and inspired by what he's, I mean, the fact that he's carrying the equipment up the mountains with, at that high yeah. elevation <laughs> And he's just, he, where I think, I, I don't know what the town, I, I forgot the name of the town in, in Peru, but they were saying when you, once you reach the edge of that town, a lot of people haven't been to the mountains that lead to the glaciers because there is that, there is a criminal element there. You enter at your own risk. So a lot of his life has been traveling to these unreachable places, seemingly so at his own risk and at the risk of the people who decide to co- go along with him. Just a very interesting documentary for me. So my rating on Canary is four and a half stars. Love, love, love this documentary. And again, my interviews with the filmmakers, I'll, I'll be posting it up on findyourfilms.com and on, as well as our Find Your Film podcast. Bruce, what is your rating on Canary? You know, I was going back and forth between three and a half and four. I think I'll lean towards four because I believe it's, it's got enough really good stuff in there and it's, it's got enough importance, <laughs> I guess, to it that I, I'll give it a four. Four. Four for Bruce. And what about you, Eric? Uh, this is a story that's been told to death, um, beat over our head, and we're stupid humans and we don't get it. Um, so normally, like, without, without the, the bit about his health and him denying the science there, I think it probably would have been a three. Like, definitely important, but no one's going to listen to it. But I'm hoping that little extra added of him being the hypocrite and maybe maybe that personal touch would kind of pull people into the importance of uh, climate change a little more than they would otherwise. So I would go for, but uh, like normally this is something that will be talked to death until we're all dead, which uh, no one's going to listen. So. Eh, pretty much that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's a it, 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 it sucks to say, but I mean, I'm, how many times have we got to be told about climate uh, change and not do anything about it? I mean, I, I was I had to look up climate change after watching Canary. I had no idea what it was, so I'm really excited to come <laughs> here. I was just trying to put a little bit of sun. Yeah, I'll be oh, that. Was that, that after can't... or before the hurricane that hit LA? <laughs> right, exactly. Very good, Bruce. Very, very good. Four for Eric. Four for Bruce. Four and a half for me. Again, Canary Friday, September fifteenth, as well as one night engagements starting September. 20th canary dr lonnie thompson is this subject now let's get to a movie that eric and i saw eric actually did the interviews with the producers of a million miles away hits prime video on september 15th and it's the story the true story of jose fernandez played by who eric holmes who plays jose fernandez as michael pena michael pena who i he has had a varied and excellent career this is my currently i'm trying to think right off the top of my head this is my favorite michael pena performance such an amazing performance so what's your big goal dream i want to be an astronaut (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're serious okay I wanted this for almost 30 years. 
Ma, ¿para qué sirven las estrellas? Every decision I've made, I've made with the space program in mind. Who the hell are you? Uh, I'm Jose Hernandez, sir. I'm an engineer. You're the new guy, right? That third floor men's room needs toilet paper. Going to space, it's a stupid dream. Last 10 candidates were chosen from 12,962 applicants. It's never gonna happen. Those people who got into the program, what do they have that you don't? They have skills that I don't have. It's taken them years to get where they are, but there's no guarantee. I know this is hard on everybody. My body hurts, I can't sleep. I know I can make this work. Over the last 10 years, I've applied to the space program 12 times and I've been on the verge of giving up after each and every rejection, but you know what, sir, here I am. So you could turn me down again, but rest assured, I'll be standing here again in a year. We grew up watching our people make sacrifices. It's on us now. Tenacity is a superpower. This may not be your future, but it will always be your past. Who better to leave this planet and dive into the unknown than a migrant farm worker? You're not crying, are you, Pablo? No, no, hombre, no, 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 no. Some dirt got into my eye. <laughs> Okay, so Jose Hernandez, he is, quote, the first migrant farm worker to become an astronaut and go to space. So what you're thinking, it comes out on Prime Video, co-stars Rosa Salazar as Jose's wife. And I don't, I, I should have her IMDb, what her name is. I'll look that up in a second. But she's very good in this movie. Pena is good in this movie. And it centers on his life, as, starting from a, a child migrant farm worker to to an astronaut that's uh, sort of that, that that that's a story and michelle kruziak she plays the elementary school teacher who inspires jose hernandez at an early age to not become an astronaut jose already had that dream but to inspire him to follow his dreams so you're thinking okay this seems like a very predictable uh, syrupy feel-good movie kind of thing and it is a feel-good film but my goodness it is so well made it didn't have to be well-made. It could have been just as predictable, just uh, by the numbers film, and it still would have worked. But this goes above and beyond. It is a, I look, it is a great film. I think A Million Miles, I was, I teared up several times in this movie. I thought the I was blown away by A Million Miles Away. I was going in kind of kicking and screaming before watching. I was saying, okay, another movie that I'm going to watch, predictable, okay, whatever. But I was I hope, I really hope our cinematics audience, listeners, watch gives a million miles away a shot. Eric, am I overshooting my mark review on a million miles away, or are you on the, this boat? Um, no, I think you're right on. Uh, the only thing I would push back in it is that okay. this movie is absolutely predictable. Um, I, I, you could yeah, not, you, you could not spoil this movie, but it doesn't matter because I think with uh, uh Michael and I when I uh, interviewed the producer um basically i was just reviewing the movie at the point because i loved it so much this is definitely uh has a melodrama to it i think where 
what really cements this movie is the relationship between Michael Pena and Rosa Salazar's character. Because yes. as I mentioned, Adela. as I mentioned, Adela is a wife, Adela, yeah, the name Jose and Adela, as I mentioned with the producers, like normally Adela in a movie like this is a speed bump for the protagonist. And she's, and that's kind of what it feels like it's starting off as, but she actually, her and the is the you know this spans decades pretty much as the family grows and Rose, uh, Della and then their children as they get older it makes it very clear that Jose's journey is not easy on the family and you get to see how the family kind of kind of comes together and supports Jose in his dream even to you know uh, even though it's hurting him and so it really helps you kind of lean in and. And really, uh, really root for them to get ahead, even though A, you know, it's going to happen. And B, well, not B, uh, the, the B would be the family dynamic in this. It's normally just kind of tacked on in movies like this. It's so interesting. Actually, it yeah. actually helps to elevate it. it actually <laughs> helps you, helps you root for them. And Michael Payne is like, you know, he's just a, uh, charming screen presence anyway. Like, they could have had none of that and you would still want to root for him just because Michael Payne is just comes off as that kind of guy. We also have to mention though. And, go ahead. And then, uh, Michelle Krusik, uh, they Krusik, had her yeah. in there early on. And then when she shows up again at the end, is that a spoiler, oh, Eric? Is that a spoiler? It, it, it is. Is that a spoiler? It, I'm, it, cutting, it, I'm cutting that is, out. I'm cutting that is, out, Eric. But you're not, is, you're, you're, but, you're, you're talking on but, material, but what? But, yeah. The uh, producers brought it up in the interview without me even mentioning it, so maybe it's fine. I, I, I would have yelled at the producers too. That was a total spoiler, but we're going to keep it in because the produ- the producers got keeping it keeping it in. I'm I'm sorry, I, it's I, not my I, fault. I, I won't say what it is, but what, what the the when Michelle Crusade comes back, oh my god, oh my I, my heart, my heart just melt. And this is kind of like a movie that allows you to do that. It it allows you to just kind of get into it and and feel all the feels that you're going to feel uh spoiler alert michael Pena makes it to space spoiler alert everything turns out right but this isn't a kind of movie that relies on will he or won't he you're going to feel that anyway just because of the the family dynamics you know they're going to get there it's just a matter of how they get there and and the, uh, the well, they say it's it, it's the journey. It's not the destination, right? You know, chairman that, of the board, chairman of the board, Bruce Perky. Your vote. Producers said the spoiler. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at Eric. <laughs> do I cut it out or do I keep it in? You're the president. You're the boss. You're the jefe. El jefe. What do you say, Bruce? <laughs> you're the vote. This sounds like the kind of spoiler that I will forget. And when I watch okay. the movie, I won't remember that it was a spoiler. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, they did tell me about that. And by the time I find out, I'll be like already enjoying the movie. So we're going to keep the, it in. We're going to keep the, it the, in. There's also, a, there's also a bunch of stuff in this that um, I kind of saw coming a mile away. Of course. And, but but when it happens, it's kind of like when someone tells a joke that you really like. You know the punchline, but you're just so excited to hear them say the joke again. You know, like uh, my when, when, Dino joke, exactly like that, right? Like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you made me do another rim shot, but, 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 but like, that. how dare you? Like when the uh, when the emotional things about to happen, you know, like they they you know, yeah, they they, they they show their they show their hand well before they you know throw it out on the table, so yeah. you know it's coming. But then when it happens, it's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, and then the thing happens, like, oh, it happened. 
oh, I'm so happy, or I'm so sad, happy, or or whatever it is. And yeah, yeah, we have to give props this, to all. Oh, go ahead, Bruce. I was like, this sounds like the kind of movie. Obviously, I have not seen it. it. Sounds like the kind of movie where, like you said, like the things come, you know, they're coming. The beats are there, but you're happy that those beats are coming because it's the kind of movie you want them to come. Yes, yeah. Bruce. Yes. And I will tell you, Bruce, we, we, all three of us, we have a lot of movies we cover every week. And I think one of the complaints that I have for myself is we see so many movies that it's hard to hold on to them for the next week because we're covering more movies. And that's why there's a lot of service with our uh, members of our cinematics Facebook group, just some really great members. And, and they actually keep us in check, like make us remember the movies that we reviewed the prior weeks, maybe weeks later. So please join our cinematics Facebook group. You know, what? I say join our cinematics Facebook group. And I, I actually asked for some, <laughs> some feedback. I forgot to put the feedbacks in our Google notes. So members, Peter Beta, Joseph Bridges, I, I heard your stuff about Ivan Dixon, that filmmaker, you guys, some great members who give us some really great insights. I hope all the members see a million miles away. And because of all the movies that all three of us see every week, this is the one. I think this is the first time I'm going to say this in a while, Bruce. You are in a huge deficit by not watching in miles away. You couldn't because you're watching ten movies a week. It's one of those movies that I think you're you're going to miss it. And it's and I wanted to, one more thing before I'm going to throw it to you, Eric. Julio Cesar Cedillo. He's Salvador, the father of Jose. You know, and then also Bobby Soto, who was in the Tax Collector, the lead in the Tax Collector. He plays Beto, Beto, the cousin of Jose. Both of these are excellent, and they so many great performances all across the board. I had no idea how much I would love this movie. Eric, final thoughts on A Million Miles Away? Yeah, if if you just uh, watch like uh, this is like a good like counter programming to I uh, just watch a bunch of bummers or like movies that kind of got me down in the dumps. This is a movie that's gonna kind of lift you up a bit. This is kind of the uh, uh, the palate cleanser that. I, th- I think uh, people need for a lot of movies, completely predictable, uh, very melodramatic and emotional, the movie knows it, emotional, but the movie knows it and it, it kind of leans into that and it does it extremely well. Uh, Rosa Salazar's character, uh, Rosa Salazar is great in this. Um, Michael Pena obviously is, is great that the relationship is wonderful and kind of carries this movie. And of course, anything Michelle Cruz X in, I'm going to watch. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's a good uh, filmmaker, very good filmmaker, right? And, and she's got, uh, she's got another one coming out, Tiger Mom. I think she wrote it and probably acting it. I don't know, but, uh, uh definitely keep an eye out for that. But a million miles away, um, it's, you know, all the, all the science stuff is there that I'm really interested. All the emotional family drama, melodramas in there that I really respond to. Um, this might be a movie that some people watch. It's like, oh, it's predictable. Oh, it's saccharine, whatever. That this is not going to be your movie, but. But it's really for, well made in that in that genre. It's such a well made movie. Yeah. Right? In, yeah. in fact, uh, I was also talking to the producer. We talked about uh, Miracle. Uh, that's yeah. a perfect movie to compare to this one because it's, it's the movie, you know, how it's going to end, you know, how the beats are going to play out, but it's so uh, comforting and makes you feel good watching it. I, I really loved a million miles away. Before you give your rating, Eric Holmes, how many times did you almost cry in this movie? For me, it was twice. What about you? I almost cried zero times. I did cry about five or six times. <laughs> <laughs> Very Look, Bruce, Maybe I, I think I might have cried ten times. Does, does that make me less of a man than Eric Holmes in general? Yes, less of a man. 
Okay. I cried 69 and times. Old. Beat that. And <laughs> third rim shot on this one. Thanks, <laughs> Bruce. What? what? <laughs> Very good, Eric Holmes, for that. Just, uh, yeah, you are a strong human being. Well, I'm going to give my rating first. Five stars. Five star- I'm sorry. Five stars and a million miles away. I don't know, Eric. I top that one. I'm telling you, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I, I kind of want to give it five stars. And in my heart, I want to, but this seems like a three star banger because this is like one of those type of movies that if you're into these type of movies, this is like one of the like top tier of this type of movie. If you're not, you're going to watch this movie with your arms crossed and eh, I don't like this. So, but oh god, it felt so good watching this. Yes, and this, I, I, I'll, I'll go five stars on this too. I, five, I really love it. Like the, this is a movie I could watch over and over again. And Bruce Berkey, uh, he gives it three rim shots, or a, a future five star banger, Bruce, possibly or possible. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> this gave me this gave me the same feeling I got from watching Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. But I think yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. I hate to say it. I like, I prefer this movie to Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. That's how much I love a million miles away. Let's see if I'm wrong. Let's see if, if Eric's wrong. Let us cinematic listeners or, or in Bruce Berkey, maybe whenever you have time, tell us what you guys think of a million miles away. Let us wrap up our featured reviews with a solo act from Eric Holmes, Michael J white or Michael Jai Jai white. How Michael Jai white. From Gigantic Studios. (laughs) From Gigantic Studios. The Outlaw Eric Holmes, a.k.a. The Outlaw Johnny Black, is the movie that hits theaters September 15th from Samuel Goldwyn Films. Spotlight here on Eric Holmes for the review. What do you think? What is it about? Uh, So the the easiest comparison would be this is uh, Black Dynamite in the Old West. also written by uh, Michael Jai White and Byron Minns, who I believe was one of the co-writers of uh, Black Dynamite. Where this goes much different, I, I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this has seen Black Dynamite. I know Bruce has. Uh, Greg, have you? No. So Black Dynamite, they basically take a bunch of black exploitation movies and send them up. It's basically a comedy, uh, comedy spoof of black exploitation movies. Uh, where this one's different, this one's not really so much a spoof of westerns. They kind of play it straight with the western, but there's still a lot of comedy in this that you would find in Black Dynamite. But this doesn't, this doesn't go as broad. Like this doesn't come off as a spoof so much. They do lean into some of the the western movie tropes, but like the uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Mm. I have nothing up at all. Nuts, I can't find it. Anyway, uh the the main I, I think his name's uh something Clayton. I cannot find the name. But anyway, the main bad guy, he works really good in this. Uh Michael Jai White is the hero, is a really good hero. Like it it it's it's a really decent uh western, like taken at face value. And then you have the comedy kind of thrown into it. Um there's some comedy that kind of leans more towards uh uh blazing saddles uh there's one scene in particular Wait, it's kind of co- more of a comedy or more of a drama that that's just it it kind of it kind of plays in both fields okay it, it goes it goes plays western dead serious and then it goes into comedy so the the you know the tone is kind of back and forth throughout but for me it kind of worked throughout in fact uh one of the things um if I had a critique on Black Dynamite, is that they didn't lean into the black exploitation as much as they leaned in on the parody of black exploitation. Chris Browning is the actor playing Brett Clayton. Is that the main bad guy? Yes, yes, yes. That, Chris that, Browning. That, yeah. 
But yeah, what, as much as I love Black Dynamite, if I had one critique on it, I wish they would have leaned more into the black exploitation and took that a little more seriously than they did instead of just sending it up the entire time. This one leaned into the Western, you know, they lean into the tropes and everything, but they take the Western portion of it seriously. Oh, but then they like still movie. find they still they still find time to throw in the silly jokes here and there. Okay. And so it kind of works. Uh one thing, uh, a couple things to note is that uh there's some uh well okay, here's one of the jokes. Uh one of the guys like uh he goes up early on, he goes up to outlaw Johnny Black and he's like, You need to get out of here, you dirty knit, and then Johnny Black kicks him in the face and he lays on the ground. I was going to say come poop. You know, like they, they have stuff like that. There's a lot of blazing saddles kind of kind of humor in here. In fact, uh, at one point, giant person punches a horse and knocks him down. Like they completely take that. There's a uh, Revenge of the Nerds-esque scene that might turn some people off as it does in, because uh, there's a uh, someone having sex with someone in Revenge of the Nerds that they didn't know. They kind of have a scene like that in here that might throw some people off, but they, I don't know, it, it's a little different. But beyond that, I, I think the, oh, and then there's also some uh, gay panic in this as well. So if, if any of that's an issue with you, then you might want to steer clear of this. Other than that, the jokes land for the, like the few jokes that they have, they really land for the most part. And I got really invested in the, the Western story is kind of what you would expect in a Western story. And that worked for me as well. So, okay, so how I, is uh, Jai White as the director? Pretty, pretty good. Um, I mean, he's no uh, Sergio Leone, but you know, I, I think he did a good job of balancing the comedy and the the serious aspects of the western. So I, I thought he did pretty good. Okay, so Outlaw Johnny ba- Black. I was a mis- I was mistaken. I said the Outlaw Johnny Black. It's Outlaw Johnny Black is the true title. Eric, what is your rating? This might be three star banger. This might be four stars. I'm not sure. I'm going to go three banger because I think uh, fans of Black Dynamite are going to dig it. Just know ahead of time that this is not as over the top as Black Dynamite is. But if you like Black Dynamite, I would definitely give this a shot. Um, If you watch Black Dynamite and you didn't like it and you don't like Westerns, this might not be for you. So we'll go three star banger. Okay. Also, I believe coming out on Friday, Eric, do you, do you remember My Last Best Friend? Did you you said you were you want to say a couple words about this before yeah. we end? Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, I interviewed the uh, the writer director and Eric Roberts. It, this was kind of a this kind of a strange movie. It's very low budget. I guess the best parts of this this movie is Eric Roberts because he kind of uh, plays against himself. Uh, he plays two characters that live together. This is like uh, uh during the you know. I don't know if it was shot during the COVID pandemic, but this is when the movie takes place. And he's kind of, it's himself talking with his roommate, also played by himself. And they both have the same name. Um, the story kind of goes all over the place and wasn't really kind of dialed in. A lot of the dialogue is kind of not great, but, and with a lot of the actors in it, it kind of comes off as not great. For some reason, when Eric Roberts is saying the dialogue, it kind of works. So uh, good on him for that. Um, a lot of the scenes with both Eric Roberts, uh, they do some really clever like camera stuff that works out really good. Um, in fact, this this whole movie is like uh, I think the filmmaker kind of leaned more in on style and didn't put as much uh, thought or care into 
I, I hate to uh, I hate to criticize the uh, script of which I have not read, but just based on what the characters are saying, like the, a lot of the dialogue just comes off as kind of amateur almost. That said, like there there's a, a little bit of good filmmaking here and there. Uh, overall, the movie doesn't come together, and also there's some strange choices with like a uh, green screen. Uh, we've seen this in like the room where uh, you know Tommy Wiseau comes out and he's like you know outside just in the city but they green screen it for some reason it's like why why would you green screen it? like you'd have uh characters like in a room but they clearly green screened the room so it didn't quite make sense why they would do that yeah there's yeah the, the, there's a bunch of really strange choices in this that i think lean more towards the filmmaker being um really ambitious towards making a uh stylized movie that they didn't put enough care into the script if that's the case and i think they probably should have done it and had it not been for eric roberts kind of holding the scenes together where he's playing against himself this is yeah that is pretty much a miss all around okay so it's a centers on new york city beginning of the covid19 pandemic there's two men they're both named walter and they see their lives getting turned upside down one of them is ill and the other one is probably just as sick because he's being investigated by an FBI special agent named John McCallany. It runs at 105 minutes. It opens in LA on Wednesday, September 20th and Brooklyn on Friday at the Stewart Cinema, September 15th. Eric, what is your rating on the movie on My Last Best Friend? Oh, so next movie. Go, go. Okay, next movie. That is a... <laughs> that, 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 this no one, ratings? No, that, this, that, one? This, uh, no. this is probably like one, one and okay. a half. Um, that this one's not good, and and I feel bad about it because I, I, the the director interviewing him, he comes across as someone that really enjoys making movies, and I hate to discourage him, and I don't want to discourage him from uh, moving forward. Um, okay, but I mean, if he takes critique well, I I would say uh, concentrate on the script, get that in place. Put the uh, put the ambition towards making a fancy looking movie. Get rid of that ambition. Keep your ambition towards the story. Keep your ambition towards the characters. And I think you'll do well in the future. But this did not work for me. Okay. And before we go, Bruce, do you have anything else to say before we get to our also coming out this Friday? Do you have, do you want to say anything, or do you want to just lead out with the with what's coming out? Just uh, the time. <laughs> <laughs> We can we can just leave out what's going out. I don't have anything big to talk about this week. Nothing big to talk about this but week. But we do oh. need to pick a movie for the box, though, at some point. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the box in a second. But we're going to talk about what's coming out on September 15th. I hope you uh, you find something really good to shake down there in the box. Oh, the box movie. The box movie that you review. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, well, no, we have to pick one out of the box for the next time. Oh, for the next time. Okay, so yeah. but we don't have a box movie to review this week, right? We do not. Oh, yeah, because you just, do you want to talk about those other two couple movies maybe down the road next week? You want to do that? Yeah, sure. We can push them off. You they're, sure? They're, sure? They're, they're, they're evergreen. They can always be talked about another time. Okay. You, you did too many rim shots on this episode, uh, Bruce Perky. <laughs> also coming out on September 15th. Why don't you take the first two off the top, Eric Holmes, and I'll, I'll uh, bring up the rear, as one would say. Why don't you th- the first two on the Google Doc? You have the Google Doc? Uh, what, movies what coming out at? September fifteenth. Or I can, I can. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I get, no, I got you. Uh, yeah, first two. You, 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 you know what? Two. We got, uh, we got four of them here. I'll do four. one. You do one. I'll do one, and you do one. Okay, cool. You, you, know, you just, do the do, first two. Do first a little. Uh, we'll, we'll play a bit of uh, movie catch. Okay. Uh, okay. First off, we got a haunting in Venice. This is the Kenneth Branagh movie. Back is Poirot. This mm-hmm. is uh, what would they have? The uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and then yes. did. 
the second one, and this is the Death third on the one. Nile. Yeah, this third Death one. Death on the Nile, and this is the third one. Uh, I did, I did, I actually like his uh, Mur- Murder on the Orient Express. Death on the Nile is pretty decent, and so maybe this one will be good too. I'm not in love with. I'm kind of not a big fan of Kenneth Branagh, but I do like him as Poirot. He's oh, definitely cool. over the top, but I kind of dig him. So cool. uh, may- maybe this will be a good one with Tina Fey. Uh, Jamie Dornan and Michelle Yeoh. So, uh, yeah. Okay. That's coming out September 15th. Also coming out is Camp Hideout. It's a comedy about this dude, his teenager named Noah. He's played by Ethan Drew. He steals a top secret gadget from a bunch of big city bad guys. So what he does is he does, he leaves a big city, goes into, uh, he hides out. It's like hiding out like John Cryer. Cryer. He hides out in a summer camp. And that, that movie with Cryer wasn't a summer camp, but this one is. It's called Camp Hideout. And he's in the summer camp trying to hide out. It is run by this dude named Falco, not the singer. Falco is played by Christopher Lloyd, most recently seen in not Back to the Future, but Nandor, Fodor, and the Talking Mongoose, a movie that I loved, uh, Eric loved, and Bruce, yes. if I recall, kind of, sort of recommends and a mild recommend. But anyways, Christopher Lloyd's in it, and also Corbin Blue and Amanda Layton. That is Camp Hideout teen comedy on September 15th. What else you got, Eric? Next up, we've got El Conde. It's Netflix September 15th. Official plot synopsis. The story revolves around Augusto Pinochet, who's not dead, but an age vampire. I'm in. Vampire! I didn't read this beforehand. Is not dead, but an aged vampire who, after 250 years in this world, has decided to die once and for all due to ailments brought about by his dishonor in family conflicts. Directed by Pablo Larin, whose past credits include Jackie and Spencer. Oh, it's a, yeah, so I'm in. A a vampire who just, he's like, I'm done. I want to die. That sounds it, really they, weird for Pablo Lorraine, but I'm I know. interested. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if it works. Eric, I'm, I'm gonna actually swap with you because I'm gonna take the last one. You're gonna take Elevator Game in a second. Love at First Sight also opens Friday on Netflix, and I can tell you right now, it's not a movie for Bruce Perky. It might be a movie for Eric Holmes. It's a it's a rom com. I'm not saying you're you're not romantic, Bruce. I'm just, it stars Haley Lou Richardson and Ben Hardy. They Ben Hardy's an Englishman, okay, and Haley Lou Richardson's an American. They meet cute in a sort of a, in in the airport, and they're both late for their flight to London. And they catch the, the flight together. They they bond, and a lot of it takes place. Well, first uh, quarter takes place with them just bonding in, in the flight in the airplane flight. They they land in London, they land in England, and they lose each other. And the rest of the movie deals with how both of them are trying to find each other, and both of them are trying to figure out if that love at first sight. Is actually going to hold some water. The, the, will this love story work? Again, it it's a very interesting movie. Opens Friday, not opens, it streams Friday on Netflix. Here's the thing. It seems like a very meet cute, uh, light romantic comedy, but it's really, a it has a lot of dramatic elements to it. So it's a lot more deeper than I thought. I would actually recommend Love at First Sight. If you are, if you are a Haley Lou Richardson fan, especially from her work in that movie Columbus. She does a little bit of that Columbus riff in Love at First Sight. She is very, very good in this movie. Okay, so that is that. Eric, what you got for the last one for September 15th? The last one is Elevator Game. This one I'm pretty interested in too. Uh, It's uh, apparently about a guy who goes around debunking urban legends. Uh, His sister disappears. And a dangerous online challenge called the Elevator Game 
Uh, they believe the online challenge, the elevator game was responsible to play the game. You must ride the elevator to a sp- in a specific sequence, invoking a supernatural creature called the fifth floor woman. In an attempt to gain more information as the whereabouts of his sister, Ryan persuades the group to play the game once more and risk unleashing the most fearsome consequences imaginable. I have not watched a trailer for this yet, just kind of going based on the the premise and the fact that it's coming out on Shudder on September 15th. You know, because Shudder's, they usually have bangers. So, you know, if, if this had come out, I don't know, early 2000s, be like this, probably going to be stupid. And who knows, maybe it still is stupid, but hopefully it's fun stupid. So we'll see how it turns out. Okay, so that is the movies that are coming out September 15th. That is it. We had a lot of movies to cover. I don't know. Ne- next week. I always say every week's going to be a, a very light week. It's Wednesday. By the time it's Friday, we probably have 10 movies to cover. Who knows what will happen? Any final words from you, Eric Holmes? Um, yes. Million miles away. Watch it. Oh, you might Marisol. Watch it. Actually, oh. actually, watch Marisol, and then you'll be in the perfect mood to want to watch something like A Million Miles Away. <laughs> It's like, oh, Marisol just took me down so much, putting a million miles away, and now I'm up again. Or maybe go the other way, however you want to do. But yeah, it's banger season. It's banger season. Also, get get your script posters at finderfilmpodcast.com. Chiching, again, Bruce, just final comments from you, final thoughts from you. Yeah, I got to pick something out of the box. Oh, gosh, I keep forgetting that. Yes, my bad. It's a bit, folks. No, this one's not. I always keep forgetting. To be fair, we did talk about what's in the box. We just didn't pick a movie. (laughs) We just didn't pick it. What's in the box? All right. Well, this is one that was put into the box um, by a suggestion from Maddie Doe. Mm, Yes. So this would have been suggested by her probably almost... At least a year ago, if not two years ago, maybe. Yeah. At least a year ago. Um, uh, blow, blow the dust off that, that piece of paper. <laughs> yes. It's a movie from 1971 uh, that she said was a really fun one to watch. I have seen it once, and I think it is a fun one to watch. It's Twins of Evil, directed by John Huff, or how I don't know how to say it, 1971. I believe it might be a Hammer film. Mm. And if I remember correctly, the Twins of Evil are not the only twins in the movie that might catch your attention. If you catch my drift, hey, (laughs) the barbarian (laughs) twins show up. Oh, very good. The barbarian twins. Look at that. It's like an old callback from 30 years ago. What You know, Bruce, did you put Paths of Glory in the box, by the way? That was the recommendation from the dive director, Maximilian Erlenwein. So I don't know. If you want to put something, you can put Maximilian Erlenwein dash paths of glory if you if you don't want to you don't have to listeners I, if you want, i don't mind seeing that again i haven't seen it probably for 10 15, 15 years so okay yeah, yeah put it I'll, I'll definitely watch paths of glory the Maximum only good Ray. thing about getting older is that you, movies you've seen and loved are now have been a long time since you've seen them again yeah it's so, kind of right. like uh you talk about like a uh, fight club and six Sense. it's like uh oh man i wish i could watch that movie again for the first time but when you get old enough you actually okay. can you, yeah. you kind of can unfortunately <laughs> it's true Okay, so Passive Glory, Maximilian Erlenwein, we'll put that in the box as well for hopefully one day Bruce will uh, pick it out. If not, who knows what will happen because, listeners, you can also contact Bruce Perky at our Cinematic Facebook group or email him at bruceperky at gmail.com. Send him a couple movies that you want for him to review on the box as well. That's it. We'll see you next week here on Cinematics. Take it away, Claire. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining Cinematics.